and welcome to lucky episode 13 of the second series powered by netball uk now we've been having some glorious weather over here in england but uh, woke up this morning and that's not the case what's it like where you are mags and sarah moist moist yeah <laughs> oh yeah. Nice. that is and do you know what you can tell mags has been baking cakes with the, this terminology can't you i was um, like oh god oh god <laughs> in one of the top five worst words yeah, in, our, in, in, in the British language. Um, what have you been both been both been doing to keep yourselves busy? I've, I've had some new fencing put around the garden to keep the mutt in so he can't get out. So the old wax on, wax off, wax on, wax off. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Right, and, <laughs> and, and Max, have you baked any cakes? What was um, your treat for Tuesday? Tuesday's treat was a Mars bar chocolate brownies oh mags what are you doing to us did it have mars bar chunks in it absolutely oh mags i can't cope with that it's Sarah. one of those when it sticks to the roof of your mouth and you're oh they're the best they are the best oh yeah the, the claggy ones where you really That's have it. to work for them yes man sorry yeah. we're in we're in for a treat when normality resumes i know it's gonna say she studio. does all this when she never sees us i know i know <laughs> we'll be expecting in season it, one <laughs> you'll get shot bought when we're back together i know yeah <laughs> And Sarah, what about you? Because you were going on a bike ride last week, weren't you? Yeah, that didn't happen. Um, oh. <laughs> it was a bit hot. It was a bit hot. Yeah, well, I, I, was, I was going to say I'm a fair weather biker, but not too fair. Like, it can't be raining, can't be too hot. It's got to be just a bit like gold blocks with this bike riding at the minute. <laughs> Sorry, do, do you mean you're just not really a biker? <laughs> it's probably a fair assessment, yeah. <laughs> what have you been getting up to over the last week then? Um, not a lot, to be honest. Been trying to do a bit of exercise, um, do some work, do a bit of sunbathing. Bit of sunbathing, I like it, topping up the tan. This is Netball Nation, powered by Netball UK, your one-stop shop for everything netball. Right then, well, uh, some very exciting news to start the podcast off with. Uh, last month, we ran a competition for you and your whole team to win a pair of ASICS Professional Double F Black Netball shoes with your name printed on them for when you can all play together again. Now, we had hundreds of entries for this and have all been counted. And the winner is, drumroll please, ladies. <laughs> Layla Callahan from High Park Netball Club. Oh, well done. Now listen to this, because Layla was very clever with, clever with her entry. She said, we are really done with lockdown and can't pay <laughs> Thornthwaite to be back on the court. Um. Let's keep COVID at Bayman and get oh. ready with these new trainers that we really hearten. Oh, very smart. Clever. excellent. Very All my favourite players in there. <laughs> <laughs> Thought you might like that one, Sarah. Congratulations, Layla, to you and your teammates. Now then, it's been a big week for netball with good news and bad news coming in equal measure. And we're here to have a go at dissecting it all for you. So here's what is coming up. With some youngsters going back to school and PE lessons likely to look very different, we're going to discuss how grassroots clubs can stay motivated, what drills they can do remotely and how coaches can keep in touch. The dust has, of course, settled on the announcement that the Super League will not return until 2021. However, days after England netball revealed the disappointing news the UK government said that elite sport would be allowed again from June the 1st including close contact training did the decision come too soon but first up we'll start with the exciting news that Super Netball has a start date and that players have gone back to training together for the first time in weeks 
Now, our special guest this week knows the world's top league better than anyone, as she currently plays for Giants and has played down under since 2012. It's all the England Roses shooter, Joe Harton. Hi, Joe. Hi, everyone. Hi, <laughs> I, I realise whenever we greet anyone onto the show, we all wave, but if you're just listening, you can't see us. You just think there's complete silence and we're not excited to have you here, which, of course, we are. Now, uh, Joe's got a little dog that's desperate for it for its tea, so we're not going to keep you too long, Joe. But first off, how, how excited are you that the wait is over, netball's coming back in Australia? How does it feel to finally have a date of August the 1st, that target to work towards? Yeah, it's so nice to be able to train and have like a purpose we're training for now. Um, obviously, as like professional athletes, we didn't really stop training um, over kind of the lockdown period out here in Australia, but um, it did get quite hard not knowing when, you know, we're going to start, if we were going to have a season, like what we're training towards. Um, so yeah, to have that August 1st start date is really exciting. Um, we had our first kind of group session back with the Giants girls today and it's just so nice to train alongside, um, yeah, my teammates. What what was that like? Because, you know, we've heard that now, you know, you can have sort of group training. Can you just talk us through what that experience was like? What happened? Well, yeah, like we'd been training individually or in twos and we weren't really allowed to kind of um, yeah, do anything more than that. And then today we had our first um, gym session. So we're actually split into um, three groups of five, um, our team, and we're kind of rotating through different blocks. But, yeah, it just means a lot because, you know, when you're doing your bench press and you're really, really weak like me and you're, sh like you're struggling and it's actually, like, about to suffocate you, someone can actually lift that bar up off of you. Um, and it, it just means With so one much finger. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, big gun. Savage. <laughs> um, but, but how, how do you feel about, because obviously we know the Super League isn't coming back until 2021. How do you feel, um, you know, looking across over here, do you feel for the girls that aren't going to get that opportunity? Yeah, it absolutely sucks. Um, midway through or, you know, the start of the season for the Super League and just kind of when netball in England was really starting to, like, gain some traction and, like, momentum and then, like, the plugs pulled on, on the season and... I think it's a real shame because, yeah, like I said, momentum, you know, for, for female sport and, you know, definitely the Super League was picking up and to have that kind of stripped away from you when you're in the middle of something is a really awful feeling. Um, so I really do feel for the girls. I know the English girls will have some kind of Roses program probably to fall back on. Um, but for those girls, the Super League, you know, is their main source of netball. Um, it is a real shame. My heart does go out to them. I know safety has to come first in terms of public protocol, and, you know, um, the help of the nation. But um, I just feel like there might have been a way to just hold out a bit longer. I mean, I'm not over in England, but... Yeah, it does feel like a bit of a sticky situation. Um, and for you, obviously, you opted uh, not to come back to England. What was it like seeing how, uh, how COVID-19 was affecting us over here in the UK while you were over there? Yeah, it was such a strange experience because I was speaking to a few of the English girls um, as kind of news was breaking about border closures and, you know, I guess the depth of, you know, the pandemic was starting to unfold. And um, to be honest, I didn't really ever consider coming back home because I, I do feel like 
you know, my life and my home is here in Sydney, but to see kind of the devastation that the pandemic has caused um, for the UK is really, really sad. And you just feel, I felt very lucky and kind of safe over in Australia that, you know, it wasn't as bad here. We still had lots of restrictions and all that kind of thing, but to see how people were living in the UK and how everyone's lives were turned upside down was just really not a nice feeling. What were those restrictions like over there for you? How did you cope in what, what seems to be referred to as ISO over there? Yeah, I mean, we definitely had a period of isolation um, where we, we were allowed out. I think we were allowed to exercise and go out um, kind of close to home. We didn't have any um, like time limits or anything like put on that for us in our exercise. So we were lucky in that aspect. Um, but for me, I took it quite seriously. I, I tried not to to break those rules and I really tried just to stay at home, do my bit, um, not socialise or mingle with anyone outside of my household. And, you know, I felt like Australia really jumped on board. We're an outdoor nation over here, living by the beaches and things like that in Sydney. And I feel like people did miss that for a certain period, but um, kind of, I think it was a a harsh two-week period and then it started to open up again and people were back exercising at the beach and, and doing all things good and it's slowly starting to unravel again which is um really nice to kind of enjoy that freedom again now sarah and max how nice just just two weeks of that sound like bear in mind how long we've done now two, two, yeah two weeks you know it'd be a bit of a novelty almost wouldn't it you know we're, we're sat over here looking at that the rain's pouring down and we're basically i mean we you'll know won't you joe that the rules have changed slightly over here you know we can meet six people outside of our household and stuff now um and some non-essential shops have been reopened but it is very much still you know uh, there's no real uh, going out there's no, obviously no pubs are open there's nothing like that and they've actually uh, resorted back you'll have probably seen this Sarah and Mags and yourself Joe to sort of shutting some of the beaches because they've been such a mess because people have flocked there so much um, I think we're all just desperate to kind of get to where you guys are um, but for for sort of professional sports people it must have been a difficult time and it must still be a difficult time trying to train with all these restrictions in place so what kind of things were you doing to keep yourself motivated and to keep yourself fit and healthy yeah like it was really tough um i knew motivation was going to kind of waver throughout um the period because we obviously didn't know how long or if we were even going to have a season so i started off by training at home just had um an agility ladder down on like, the downstairs deck and we're doing bodyweight exercises just to keep that like, training going um we definitely found that kind of any household group training that we could do um helped with motivation so you weren't just going at it by yourself um we're lucky in the fact that giants kept us motivated with programs all throughout the isolation period so we've got a special app where it just gets um downloaded straight to your phone so um there was kind of no excuse like the material was there we had some equipment so we just kind of got to it um but i definitely like felt like my motivation went about i guess it was about six weeks ago now um, just not knowing if we were training for any purpose, that was the thing. Like, I love exercise and I love, you know, playing games and sport and stuff, but just going to the gym every day without knowing if it was actually for any reason was pretty tough. And what would you say to anyone over here who now kind of might feel like without the Super League, maybe their purpose has been stripped a little bit? I think probably for me it's, like sport will always restart and you know it is high on a lot of people's agendas um and i think that's what i kind of 
came around to, to thinking is that we will get back there eventually. It might not be this year, it might not be this month, but it will come back. So keeping that in the back of your mind is always a good thing. Um, but also training for yourself, like training to be kind to yourself um, really helped me. I know after a, a good intense session and you get the endorphins and you feel like, you know, um, kind of half on top of the world again. So I think, um, yeah, training to be kind to yourself, to give yourself that good uplifting feeling is um, what should be at the forefront of people's minds right now. Yeah, I like that. Good advice, that, Jen. I like it. Uh, now, Super Netball is set to run in full until November. Now, that's come at the expense of the Quad Series. How will this affect England and South Africa, who will now not likely get competitive netball again this year, do you reckon? Um, yeah, it's a real shame that the Quad Series has been cancelled. I know England Netball had um, really uh, intense plans for the international period. It's obviously a couple of years out from the Commonwealth Games and then the next World Cup comes around like in the blink of an eye. So I know that Jess Thelby was really um, wanting to get more games under the Roses belt. Um, and I think it's probably going to impact in a way of, you know, like you can train as much as you want, but... I think when you on the international stage in front of crowds against the best opposition in the world, um, it really does, you know, that's where your learning comes. So they'll be super, super keen to get back out on the court in some shape or form as close to, you know, 2020 as possible and hopefully it can happen at the end, later in the year. Absolutely. And Joe, I'll throw to Sarah and Mags in a second to ask you any questions that I'm sure they've got. But um, what advice would you give as well for any young shooters uh, that are practicing at home at the minute? Um, I've done a couple of videos on Instagram to give some, some of my advice. Um, I think for me, it's just practice the scenarios that happen in a game. So when I was a shooter growing up, I didn't just stand and shoot under the goal because you don't just do that in a game always practice receiving a pass from someone or, you know, trying to turn and dodge and things like that and then shooting. Um, so I think, you know, if any netballers out there at home that don't have someone to, to practice with, a wall can be your best friend. The harder you throw the ball into the wall, the harder it comes back and you can work on all sorts of things in isolation. Um, and, yeah, why don't you refine your own skills so when you do get back into a club or competitive netball, um, you'll be a boss on the court. Yep. Yes. Like that. Joe, Joe had yeah. no friends growing up. It was just her and her nephew. <laughs> 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 oh, she I didn't need friends. She didn't need friends. She was going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> I told myself every chess pass, you will play for England. You will play for England. <laughs> um, Sarah and Max, do you have any questions for Joe before we let her feed the dog? Who's going to win the Super Netball, Joe? Apart from Giants, obviously. Oh, I was going to say, me and my new Giants hoodie, we're repping because we're going hard for the title online. I don't know. Like, it's hard, to, it's hard to see now because some clubs, you had a bit of vision on them um, at the early stages of pre-season before COVID. Um, and now, obviously, there's been this kind of massive interruption. So it'll be interesting to see how teams come back and bounce back from this. Um, you'd always bet on the Lightning being a really strong, solid contender for a final spot. I know, like, I joke, but, like, we want to be back in finals this year. Um, and then I think someone like Adelaide, they could be a dark horse. They've got a new shooter in Lanise from South Africa and they've obviously got, like, a really strong defensive end. Um, so I wouldn't count them out either. Mm -hmm. And um, Joan, without wanting to be too intrusive, I mean, the house that you're living in now, do you share it with other athletes or are you there on your own? 
No, I've moved um, away from the athlete living. I lived with other athletes, I reckon, for nine years. Um, oh, and it's a pretty intense experience. Your yeah. I've done the whole play netball, bring netball home. Like, I just wash my hands of it now. Like, as soon as netball's done, I like to go home, feed the dog, have a glass of red wine, and relax. Oh, I did actually tell you, don't bother coming on if the dog wasn't here and uh, you've not brought the dog. <laughs> oh. yeah, so, so, so Joe, you've been in isolation, isolation then, on your own? Oh no, I've still got a few other people in the house, but they're non-netball related, so Perfect. we can so bounce off each other in other ways. netball. Absolutely, it's the way forward. Joe, is it... Oh, sorry, Mags. I was going to just ask to see the dog, but go on. Oh, no, no. I think we can do that as well. It's always nice to see the dogs, isn't it's it? Lot, yeah. He's locked up before he gets to, to, to eat. Oh. I know, hang on. Like, he's locked up. He, he had chicken. Like, I prepare him, like, the finest roast chicken, like, dried out snacks. So he had a few of those. I put him in his crate, um, which jo, he needs to do jo, anyway because he's practising. Joe, you've oh. fallen for Sarah's bait there. You knew exactly <laughs> what you do. you were doing, didn't you, Sarah? What were you going to say, Max? I was just going to say, um, you know, congratulations on the captaincy. And, you know, I think that's a, a huge, a huge honour, especially when you were voted for that spot by your peers. As captain, you know, have you had any special role through this COVID time with the girls, you know, keeping them going, motivated? Yeah, I think um, it's all been a bit of a whirlwind, like being named captain and had a couple of games and then we're into kind of isolation period. And I can honestly say it's been one of the most... Um, stressful leadership positions I've ever had. Um, not knowing if there was a league. I sit on the Australian Netball Players Association as well. Um, so every Thursday we'd be on calls that go for two or three hours trying to like nut out if we're going to get a league um, and then feeding that back to the playing group as well. Um, it, it has been tiring at times. I've been on Zoom two or three times a week, but um, the girls have been really motivated. They're, you know, they're such a good group and kind of they, they took everything in their stride, any feedback. And I think for me, I was just trying to look after my own backyard, stay positive in myself. And I think everyone's done the same and now we're back together. It's, I guess it's up to the leaders in our team to really pull everyone together and um, get them a, up to scratch in terms of being a team again and pushing forward for our season. There's your we, captain sit yeah. right there. <laughs> we like that. And Joe, do you know what? We're delighted for you guys that you are all back together, that you're able to be reunited. Um, uh, before we do let you go and feed the dog, can we see it? For anyone watching this on YouTube, is the dog anywhere near? I can't because he's, he's right at the other end of the house. And okay, just, well, it would be too hard. <laughs> Sorry. Give him some Netball Nation love from us and tell, tell him oh. thank you for being patient. Thank you for being patient and waiting for his tea. And, and Joe, thank you so, so much for joining us. No worries. Thanks for having me, guys. Good luck with Thank you. Stay safe. Good luck. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye. 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 Now, Sarah, obviously with Stacey now in Australia playing Super Netball until November, does this affect your wedding plans that we've heard so much about? It does, yeah. <laughs> well, what, what's, what's the crap there? Well, I don't think Super Netball really took our wedding into account, if I'm being honest. Selfish. Selfish. Rained. Yeah. Mm. But, but so. what, is, what is the situation? What, what's going to happen? Is it getting cancelled? Uh, we're going to move it. Yeah, so that's this week's oh, job. God, oh, sad. yeah, I know. We've yeah. heard so, so much, um, you know, so much of this happening. Um, but, you know, for you, Sarah, because obviously that's devastating. It's something you work up to for ages. How are you both feeling? To be honest, we've been all right. I think, I, I mean, obviously it's difficult. 
But I think when it's kind of put into perspective with everything else that's going on, it's just, it's not the end of the world, is it? You know, it's still going to happen. I mean, the good, the good thing is Stacey gets to play a season, we'll still get married. It just means, you know, probably more PowerPoints and emails. <laughs> <laughs> which, which we know you love. So, love so you're love really happy about always. that, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> Keep them and, coming. Um, but, but, you know, it is, it's not an easy thing to have to do and it's good that you're looking for the positives in it. But does that mean then that we here at Netball Nation are in for basically another year of hearing updates on it? Well, I don't know. It depends when we can move it to. I mean, I don't, I don't want to drag it out <laughs> and talk to you guys. Um, so, yeah, it depends, it depends when we can move it to. You know, it's a bit of a logistical um, jigsaw with when we're both in the same place and leagues and pre-seasons and venues and things like that. So, um, yeah, we're going to try and move it. I mean, the likelihood is we might have had to move it anyway with restrictions and things like that. So it's just kind of... Um, giving us a kick up the backside of, of making a decision but yeah we'll um as soon as i've got a date i will um well i probably won't let you know but you know <laughs> no i was gonna say you never will but me and mags will offer our wedding suggestions anyway we'll still okay. expect we'll be expecting donkeys there on your wedding day yeah, 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 yeah. again okay yeah, yeah. so we look forward to that don't we mags we absolutely do we absolutely um now do. Obviously, we've just heard from Joe, who, who did say, with regards to the Super League being scrapped for 2020, you know, was it maybe a bit too soon? We've had about a week to let that news sink in. Um, how are you both feeling about that now? I think I'm pretty much the same. You know, I'm kind of over it now because mm. it doesn't affect me like it affects people like Sarah. You know, I'm absolutely devastated for, for all the franchises, you know, for all the fans. Um, and what can you say to make it any better for anybody? You know, you kind of have this, this wait to let it sink in and think, well, could we have even got a season in? There's no way because with our season starting again in February, it's kind of, it would have kind of been like back to back and that just wouldn't work. And then you've got the contracts. Again, Sarah can maybe explain a little bit more about that. Contracts were now in July. You know, could you extend them? Could you afford to extend them? And, you know, your overseas players, would they have stayed? Would they say I'm going home? There's just so many different facets to it. And even though I wanted to see some form of netball played, even if it was like, a, you know, a short season, realistically, I just don't know if it could have happened. So I'm kind of with it and accepting. Sarah, I'm sure, you know, you'll have spoken to people in the world of netball over the last week. Do they kind of share Mag's point of view on that? I think, I think generally, yeah. I mean, the majority of people I've spoken to understand why the decision was made and I think there's there's much more to it than it just being you know we don't think we can play a season um like Mags alluded to the contracts and, and that's that's one of the issues but then also we're now seeing you know elite sport like close contact elite sport can come back the Super League actually isn't classed as elite sport because it's not professional league so that doesn't really help the Super League and there's there's all sorts of nuances around that that actually I think most people within the game do understand why the decision was made and, and are massively disappointed, but it, it does get to the point where you've just got to accept it and, and kind of appreciate the fact that you've got some, some clarity of, of what you're doing now rather than just kind of going on in limbo for months on end. Yeah. I mean, we know that one of the concerns was the financial hit that it would take. And we've seen some Super League clubs have already tried to take steps to recoup the money they're going to lose. So Manchester Thunder, for example, have asked for fans to forego refunds for tickets. Mavericks have set up a donation page to raise 50k. What are both your thoughts on that? And, and do you think franchises can survive such a financial hit? I think it's... <sighs> 
I mean, hats off, hands up and hats off to, to Mavericks for being so open and transparent about their personal situation. I mean, how difficult must it have been for them to even go down that route of having to crowdfund to try and raise 50k for themselves, which still, you know, covers very little within the franchise. Mm. Um, I think it's sad. That, that that's what it's come to, that they're having to, to resort to that. Uh, but I'm sure the Mavericks fans will get behind their team and they will dig deep and they will help them out. Um, and, you know, the, the initiative that Thunder have taken with the, you know, your your team needs you, like the old, you know, rousing cheer that used to come through the wartime. Um the Manchester fans are, are pretty sincere and pretty loyal. They may well just forf, you know, forego the refund of their tickets, the season tickets, and just give it back to them. Mm-hmm. And it's just these, you know, how inventive can you be with your fans to keep your money in the bank where it is already without having to give it back? Yeah, and also to keep people happy because, you know, it's a, it's a tough balance to strike. Um, but, Sarah, can you see any teams not returning in 2021 as a result of this? Well, yeah. I mean, I think the, the Mavericks one's interesting because I think it comes back to what we speak a lot about on this in terms of the profile or, or lack of um, of women's sport. I mean, they, they're part owned by Saracens. Now, you can't tell me that Saracens who break the salary cap in rugby union by a, a mile mm. um, then can't afford to keep a Super League team running in the scale of things. And I know rugby's been hit as well, but on the priority list of Saracens, netball is obviously so far down that you've got a team with the pedigree of Mavericks that's been in there since day one of, of Super League, has, has won the title and they're struggling. So I think, yeah, teams will struggle to survive and, and I think it won't just be the likes of Mavericks and Thunder. It'll be, it'll be numerous teams that are, are struggling to survive and are trying to work out what do we do in this time frame now between here and February when we're, we're due to start the new season. How, how do we make sure that we've got enough money to, to fund this season? It's just really sad, isn't it, that? It is sad. Uh, yeah. It is sad, Yeah. I tell you what it is, it's sad when you've got like, you know, your sport and culture minister saying that, you know, they want to keep this momentum behind female sport rolling. And yet, you know, the, it's all right saying that words are cheap when, you know, would we have a, a, a valid argument going to the government and going to him and saying, you know, this is our top flight sport for females, you know, within our world of netball, what are you going to do to try and help us stay afloat through this? Mm. Sarah alluded to last week that, you know, with it being part of the university hair franchise, that they get allocated a set amount of money, and every year they will get that money. Uh, I'm sure you know they have targets like everybody else, mm. but they know to a, to an extent that they are probably going to be just okay. But we'll have to work a little bit harder in uh, you know maybe sales and things, ticket sales next season. So the few franchises that still align to universities might be okay, but you know, imagine if four teams dropped out. Mm. But I think, I think even, even for the likes of us and Bath who are aligned to universities, universities have taken such a massive hit now that we're kind of waiting on budgets for next year. And, and like you saw at Northumbria, yeah. universities can also turn around and go, do you know what, this is too much of our blood. We've had enough. And I think that's the precarious position of, of, of netball generally you know whatever the ownership model whether it's university whether it's a standalone franchise whether you've got a major backer um 
regardless. It's I think fragile, teams worried. Times like this, it's fragile for everybody. Yeah. Do, you, do you think it could change the way the competition looks? Well, I think we, we spoke last week with Tamsin about there being a need for someone to grab hold of this league and kind of, you know, drive it forward and, and decide what you want. So what, what do you want from this league? From, uh, from a, you know, if England netball own it, what, what, what is the aim of it? Is it to be the biggest commercial league? Is it to produce England players, which was the initial aim? Is it, are you going to continue to let franchises kind of dictate what, what their own aims are? Because our aims, I'm sure, are probably different to Siren's aims in this league, mm. which will be different, again, to Dragons, which will be different to Thunder. Like, you've got no, like, you've got no common ground with a lot of, with a lot of franchises. So it, it, it might change how the league looks, but I think that's not going to be necessarily a proactive change. It's going to be a response to teams going under at this rate. Mm. So it's such a shame. It's something that, you know, we'll be across. We will be across here on Netball Nation. So uh, the more that we find out, the more we will share with you. Uh, you mentioned, Sarah, about it not being classed as an elite sport. But obviously, we, we've heard about close contact training being allowed uh, for elite sports. Um, does that mean then, uh, uh, you know, are you exempt from that? How, how does it look for you in terms of, of training? Well, it means the... England girls can get into training facilities and train in sort of ones and twos, but for Super League, it doesn't really mean anything. Um, so you can't train in, no. in ones, twos, nothing? No. No. So, so what are you waiting on from the government then? Are you waiting on them to say from grassroots level up, you are allowed to train up to, with up to six people? Or what, what is it that you're waiting for? Well, it's a combination. Yeah, it's a combination of that. And for, for me, in my particular scenario, um, we're waiting on facilities to open at Loughborough. So Loughborough, some facilities have opened at Loughborough because it's an elite training centre. So the likes of the swimming pool and the athletics track have opened because you've got British swimming and British athletics mm. with potential Olympians going back to train. Um, I know we have fought quite hard to get netball sort of considered within that. But now, especially now that the league has been cancelled, that priority isn't very high. So, um, yeah, I don't know when we'll be back training, to, to be honest with you. Um, like I said, the England girls can get into some, some facilities now and, and train. But I think from, from a Super League perspective, we're not really expecting anything until late summer. And how do you feel about that? I mean, on, on one hand, it doesn't matter as much now that the league's not happening. You know, you, you're going to have a, a massive pre-season as it is because mm. the, the next kind of big thing for Super League is February. But for a lot of players, especially people with like under 21 aspirations and people who Super League is, is their main competition, you do you do want to get in and do some training and give them something. Um, I mean, it, it remains to be seen what's happening with national clubs and whether that'll start in September or not. Um, but otherwise, if we don't get in, it's March till God knows when. Like, it's probably like an eight-month, seven, eight-month break that someone's had of, of not doing anything. I mean, Mags, it, it doesn't take a genius to work out. That's not, it's not very uh, motivating, that, is it? No, it's not. And when you try to throw that word around and say, let's keep motivated, let's be positive, you know, it's really difficult because there were so many competitions for, for like my juniors coming up and 
it, it, it almost feels like, well, what's this year been for? It's been for nothing. They've worked really, really hard. You know, they've, they've gone out and done the hard yards in, in winning lo- locally and then, you know, winning regionally for nothing. Yeah. And, and, and it's quite sad because, like, the, the, some of the youngsters are moving up in, in an age group and they've missed out on, like, the competition that should have been theirs. You know, hopefully, you know, a damn good chance of uh, getting top three in the country and they'll, they'll never get that time back again. Mm. What can we do? Nothing. It's nothing that any one of us can do, but the impact has been huge. Mm. I mean, Sarah, there could still be a bit of celebration for you though this summer because your your team Liverpool um, are set, they're on track <laughs> they're on track to lift the trophy. But it, it, you know that doesn't mean that you're going to be there to see it happen. Um, obviously, it's a different sport, but we've heard so much in the media over the last few days talking about you know playing certain games at different venues um, because they're worried about fans turning up and congregating at the ground, etc. Um, and and we know, I mean, they're they're going to win. The, the title obviously um but how does that feel as a fan that you you won't be there there won't be any you won't be lifting the trophy there won't be any of that celebration with the fans it is sad because can you imagine the party that would have been when liverpool won it oh my word best party that never was you know it makes me sad but i'm so happy we're playing it because oh, a load of my friends are city fans and will they shut up like, oh you can't just give it to you there'd be a big asterisk like you wouldn't yeah, have actually it, won yeah. the league like, oh my god shut up because now we're gonna win it and even though there's no celebration i will just be calling them up having my own celebration um so yeah i mean it is sad and it's been like it's been a long way hasn't it for liverpool fans to win this league again so um it, it's sad that there's going to be no celebration, um, but you've got to make the best of it. And, and the, the positive is that it's going to get played. It's going to get finished. We will win the league. Um, so you've got to take that and, and not have all these Manchester City fans in particular, Man United fans going on and on and on about how, you know, you might have slipped up. in all all nine games well do you know what Sarah if we do a netball nation uh, very shortly after it's happened then we'll all bring a little drink of something and we'll do a little cheers oh with our Liverpool shirts yeah yeah no (laughs) (laughs) No. just just you (laughs) we'll bring the drink you you go wear your shirt Um, I don't know what this is this is me cheersing I don't know why I needed to do it so many times Uh, right then (laughs) moving on um, to our last segment this is a really really lovely message that we've had from Chelsea at Swift's Junior Netball Club. Now Chelsea says, Hi guys, I just wanted to drop you a little thank you message. I'm not the soppy type, but I started listening to your podcast at the start of lockdown. So I had something random to listen to on my daily walks. I've now caught up on all season one and two, and I wanted to let you know how much they've meant to me as a netballer, coach, umpire, tutor, and all-round lover of netball. Your podcasts have been upbeat, insightful, and really kept me in my little netball world. I've got a lot of girls in my junior and senior clubs who look up to me to keep their netball going during all this, and a lot of my motivation has come from listening to you guys. Thanks to Max, I've also started a little Tuesday treat, which isn't so good for my waistline, (laughs) but love it all the same. Thank you so much, and can't wait to keep listening. How lovely is that? So nice. Uh, Smart lady. Fabulous. Thanks, Chelsea. Because, uh, do you know what? It's, it's very easy for us when we sit here, you know, and we're having a chat and we know that we're speaking to you, but we don't see you. 
you know we don't see you listeners so it's really really nice and always please do get in touch um, if you've got any questions or anything please do get in touch with us and we'll try our best to cover it on next week's episode but um, do either of you have any suggestions of drills or coaches um, uh, of drills that coaches like Chelsea can do with her younger players that they can take in part in sort of remotely or with the friends during a weird time like this Max? I think the the ones when you're working in isolation, for as much as it sounds a little bit dry, it's your ball and wall. Joe mentioned it mm. before as well. There's so much you can do with the ball if you have access to a wall. I know some people don't. Um, or, you know, just a few cones. And if you don't have cones, you can just use, you know, little areas on the floor, maybe use some chalk to, to draw some little lines randomly on the floor. So you can do footwork drills. Um, you can do ball and wall, you know, the, the left-handed, the right-hand throws. And as Joe said, the more you give the wall, the more the wall will give to you. So the harder you can hit that wall with the ball, the faster it comes back at you. Um, targets, draw targets on a wall. If you can't use a bit of chalk to do that, you know, pick a random brick on the wall and just use that for target practice. Um, start with your back to the wall, drop the ball, turn, and then do your target practice again. Or do your left and your right chest passes, overheads. Um, if you're lucky enough to have somebody that can train with you from your household, you know, you can do some movement drills as well, um, which incorporate the footwork and the using cones and using the wall. So it's getting really uh, creative with just a ball and a wall. Or if you don't want to use a netball, you could use something like a tennis ball, change it up a little bit because that is different for your reactions as well. Well, do you know what, Sarah? I was going to ask you as well, but I feel like Max has given us such an extensive list there. She's, she's probably covered it all, hasn't she? Yeah. And I mean, yes. if, you, if, you, if you really want to work hard, get your mum or someone to feed because it'll go all <laughs> over the place. <laughs> top, top tip from Sarah there. She's um, right. <laughs> and and on, on the topic of, of parents, something slightly more serious that I want to cover and that is really important to cover. Um supporting parents you know it's it's their role to support their children through uh, sport and racism is a huge topic of discussion in society at the moment following the death of um, a black man called George Floyd in police custody in America now a number of high-profile sports stars including netballers have spoken out about the issue how important is it that netball has a voice with things like this I think I think it's essential and I mean to be fair, I think we as a team were pretty slow um, with coming out with anything on this and, and you know, that's on us. Um, but it, it's so important that it's something we talk about and we, and we acknowledge is, is happening within and outside of, of our sport. And I think for me on this topic, it's been, <clears throat> I have put some stuff online, but it's actually been more about taking time to educate myself around it. and. Um, not think that I know what I don't because it's not like you know, it's not my experience it's not um it's not a topic like I, I know a huge amount about so I'd rather go away and read some books and read some information and educate myself and then have conversations with my family and my friends and people like that about it um and and make sure that I'm coming from a, a place of of being informed um but yeah as as a sport I think we need to make sure that you know it's something that people understand you know we are completely anti-racism and it's it's not going to be tolerated with it within netball 
Absolutely. Um, and sport, just like society, is all about inclusion and equality. Um, Mags, what advice do you have for young black players who might face discrimination on the court? Um, <laughs> do you know, just the, the, the mention of this subject, I can feel myself feeling a little bit like tight across the chest. Um, because when you've experienced this kind of ignorance, um, it, it, it hurts. So... You'd like to think in 2020 that anybody who experiences any form of um, exclusion because of the colour, that they would feel brave enough to speak up or to speak to somebody. Um, the reality of the situation is, is that when they are young, um, it's difficult for them. And uh, even when you're not young, you, you are fearful of speaking out because of the fear of um, your peers who may be a little bit older would say that you've got a chip on your shoulder and you know you're not a team player and just get on with it it'd be fine um, but it isn't fine and most people find a way of of working through it what i would like to say is it is very 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 rare within netball to, that's my experience yeah there have been uh, teams of black girls who play locally just you know, grassroots level netball who have been excluded from leagues because they are deemed to be uh, a little bit too feisty, uh, their language is a little bit too colourful um, and their class has been aggressive and you've got umpires who won't umpire those games because, you know, in some respects, sometimes, you know, the, the girls are a little bit offside with the umpires. But then you see it's like an education for the umpires as to how to deal with that situation because they just feel intimidated and, and scared that they're going to be attacked. Quite whether that's the, the, the result of what, what's going to happen, I don't know. But from a personal perspective, I have experienced it maybe once or twice way back when, when I was quite young. Uh, but thankfully, I'm, I'm proud to say that it, does, it has no place within any of the teams that I am aligned to that I represent and it absolutely is uh, not acceptable. Lots of experience, not just with netball, but through work as well, my old work as well. That was, that's another story for another time. I think, I think netball should actually be, especially in this country, proud of the diversity it has. You know, you look at any t pretty much any team in, in the Super League, but also the national team, I think we show more diversity than pretty much any other international team, um, bar one or two. Um, and I think it's something that, you know, we, we should celebrate. Absolutely. And, you know, it's not just not being racist, it's being anti-racist. It's about calling people out when you know that what they're saying or what they're doing is wrong. Mags, what would you say to anyone who has maybe had an uncomfortable experience like that and haven't felt that they can stand up for themselves? There has to be a way, even if it's, you know, the, um, some sort of anonymous way that you can report what's happened to somebody. Um, because it can be, it can destroy you, and it can be devastating to you. And if it's if this is your sport and this is what you've always wanted to do, you have to find a, a, an avenue to report that fact and, and be brave enough to report it. You know, even if it's done anonymously, you don't even need to give a name if you don't feel as though you want to just. But if you're the only person of colour within that team and you're wanting to, to to inform somebody that something's happening to you. How do you, how would they do it anonymously? It's just not possible. But 
they need to be able to speak out one way or another, whether they do it through a parent, whether they do it through a peer, whether they do it through a, a friend outside of netball, because we can't allow that into our game. And I repeat, I, find, I truly believe that, that it is, if it's happening, very, 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 very small pockets of it. Yeah. Um, and obviously, like Sarah touched on, myself and Sarah can't pretend to understand because, because we, we have what is considered white privilege. But Mags, have you ever felt that you've had to work harder uh, to get to where you are? No, I'm going to say, um, thankfully, this sport has given me so much. You know, uh, I cannot cannot thank netball enough for giving me the experiences and the opportunities that I've had you know I've seen the world playing netball and that has been as a consequence of ability and not colour. Do you know what that is you know exactly the answer we want because that shows that netball as a sport is doing something right is it not? Yeah absolutely agree. That is amazing well Max thank you so much for sharing that with us um now uh, before before we wrap this up, this has been a really good one. I feel like we've covered basically everything in this podcast. Um, I'm really podcast. surprised about before, it. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually been we all right. Might, <laughs> we, we got to number 13 and got something useful out of it. Um, now, before we wrap it up, have you got any shout outs you'd like to do, guys? Go on, sorry. I usually get so I usually say I haven't got anything and then you sort of like, I think, oh yeah, she said that. Yeah, go on. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, we were talking to, to Joe earlier, saying that Kim Green has just announced her pregnancy, so congratulations Ooh. to Kim. And Yay, congrats. Let's um, see how this one plays out after what we've been talking about to see if she wants yeah. to come back. Well, I mean, she's retired anyway, hasn't she? So, God, surely, surely not. <laughs> Living the dream of retired life. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah i think that's it thank you sarah max have you got any shout outs just come on government let's move this on a little bit further so that we can uh, have bigger groups and six together and you know good luck to the teachers who have gone back to school mm. with some of the uh, kids i think it was monday or tuesday of this week i know there's a lot of apprehension around it and um people wondering how we're going to keep these kids um, socially safe within that environment but best of luck to your teachers you've been been doing and do do a fabulous job and let's just hope that it's manageable for you absolutely yeah thank you so much to our teachers and all of our key workers uh, thank you sarah and mags as always and thank you uh, for listening remember get in touch with any questions that you might have for sarah or mags and we will try and cover them on next week's podcast uh, now then uh, just a reminder another congratulations to layla callahan from hyde park netball club on winning those amazing a6 professional double f black netball shoes for her and her whole team well done layla, well done, layla. Oh, yes uh, you're up there with Max and Sarah now. Uh, have a good week <laughs> and we will see you all next time. Bye. Bye. This is Netball Nation, powered by Netball UK. Shop now at netballuk.co.uk.